So you know I always kind of start out with a joke just to relax everybody be cool. Last week it bombed. <laughs> well, Denise and the nephew, I guess everybody knew that one already. So, um, But Jesus is walking around heaven and just doing the things he does with people and he comes across this old man. And this old man is a little shaky and he's got scars on his hands and stuff. And uh, Jesus said, well, what's wrong? I'm a simple carpenter, he said. And once I had a son. He was born in a very special way and was unlike anyone else who ever existed. He went through a great transformation even though he had holes in his hands and his feet. He was taken from me a long time ago, but his spirit lives on forever all over the world. People tell his story. And by this time, Jesus is standing with his arms outstretched. He embraces the old man. Daddy cries out, it's been so long. The old man squints and stares at him and says, Pinocchio? <laughs> so maybe that one went okay. Last week we went through um, discipleship, and, and during that message, uh, we mentioned the greatest commandments from Matthew 22, and it got me thinking about those greatest commandments, that all other commandments on the law and prophets were depending on love. And that struck me, because, you know, you, you think about the Old Testament, and there's a lot of laws back there. There's a lot of tough things back there. And, man, it was hard for me to really comprehend looking at all those things back there. But, and how do we find love in all that? How do we dig deep and find love in, in, in everything. You know, some of the prophets were pretty rough. You're going to have 400 years of slavery. That's not something you want to look at. You know, that's love? How does that work out? But all that had to do with restoration of a nation. It's like disciplining your kids. You have to discipline your kids. Or they grow up doing mass shoplifting from stores or something, you know? Um, and, it, and it just struck me. The first commandments mentioned in the Bible were given to Abraham. We don't know what they were, but in God's promise to Isaac in Genesis 26, God said, because, of Abraham, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. God and Abraham had some conversations clearly about what to do and what not to do. It's got to be included in, in the love, though. 
And for a lot of people, I, I, it just doesn't make sense. We have the Ten Commandments. You know, we got, we got four of them that deal with our relationship to God. And they don't mention love at all. But you look at number one, you shall have no other gods before me. That's telling the people, I'm the one, man. You have to focus on me. Number two is, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or the earth beneath. And it goes on. That doesn't apply too well today, was my first thought. But then paying attention to something else beside Elohim, our God in heaven, something that takes us away from him, that's, that's not good. How many of us have a TV? How many of us are wishing they were home today watching football? No, yeah, we got a button where we can record it and watch it later. But those things take us away from us showing our love for God. If they're more important than doing the things God wants us to do. You should not take the, Lord, the name of the Lord your God in vain. What does that mean? Well, a lot of us think it, it just means you can't say, you know, the, the usual dang thing and, and, and all that. But it's kind of misunderstood because anyone who invokes the name of God in a dishonorable way dishonors God. You think about it. I mean, in construction, I had guys, I swear to God, I'll get this done on time. And then three weeks past the day, they're still working in it. They dishonored God when they said that. That's why the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no, and let it go. If I showed that kind of disrespect to my wife, I wouldn't have a wife. What do we do? The Sabbath day, I know there's lots of opinions on that one. However, I agree with the Apostle Paul. Well, I have to. He, God was telling him to write it. But he said, therefore, no, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or, and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Because apparently everybody had their own type of Sabbath. Once again, paying attention to God. Focusing on him. That's how we show our love to him. One way, anyway. And then there's the to-dos, honor your father and mother. Who does that show love to? Your father and mother. And if you do and the other kids do, then that's a pretty cool thing. I love it when George walks in and he's got five or six 
kids with them, you know. I'm sorry, the two of you today, but you know what I'm saying. Um, family relationships start with the parents. And the parents pointing the children towards God. And that's loving the kids and that's loving God. You know, you look around our society today and it seems to think that children shouldn't be disciplined. Children should be able to make decisions for themselves when their minds are not capable of understanding the ramifications of that. But that's not what God wants. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder, clear, concise. We would all agree that taking the life of another without a just cause is not a loving thing to do. And please understand that in the 613 laws they had, the death penalty was a part of, of not many of them, but some of them. If you're caught doing this, it's death. But we're not supposed to murder. We're not supposed to commit adultery is the next one. Go through those 613 laws and you're going to find a lot of things there that, you know, just deal with this idea of sexual relationships that are inappropriate. Thou shalt not steal. Have we ever stolen anything? Does stealing from someone show love? How many of you get upset if somebody steals from you? By the way, pastor, here's your pen. <laughs> I was about to say something. Well, <laughs> I took that off his desk while he was gone because I needed one, but I was going to give it back, honest. Part of what we read in Leviticus today, or what Ray read to us, talked about bearing false witnesses. That's number nine. Not just lie, but gossip, innuendo, accusations. Our government, when it lies to us, and they do. And then the last of the Ten Commandments, you shouldn't wish you had what others had. A simple way to do it, you shall not covet. We see the love in those commandments. And the last one's loving our neighbor. That's just the start of it. And then as time went on, God used the prophets to clarify, to add things, to bring us up to that 613. So what I'd like to do right now is just read those 613 laws. <laughs> All right, I won't. But they added dietary laws. Now, thankfully, that was highly cut back with Peter's dream, but... You know, um, to keep them healthy. Temple laws for the priest service. Who can come into the temple or tabernacle? And I can continue, but basically all aspects of life in the Old Testament from the prophets all pointing towards love, loving one another and loving God. Sometimes they changed the law. 
or they clarified it strongly. In the second commandment, there's a statement, for I am the Lord your God, a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who, don't, who hate me. And because of that statement in the Bible, people kept blaming their parents. That my parents didn't treat me right. We ever hear that? You know? For all their woes in their life, all the things that weren't happening. Because the parents sinned, I'm suffering. They even came up with the saying that the fathers eat sour grapes, but the children's teeth are set on edge. Wow. But Jeremiah and Ezekiel came to the rescue. They brought out another point of love in the Old Testament. What do you mean by repeating this proverb? This is from Ezekiel 18. Concerning the land of Israel, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. I can't blame my parents for my horrible life. Behold, he goes on, the Lord speaking, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Can't, and it goes on with more clarification, but basically we can't blame anyone else for our sin. We're responsible. Is that love? Absolutely. Because God wants us to focus on him. That's our focus. And I'm really trying to keep this short. So um, so from the first 10 commandments, the ones to Abraham, uh, the 10 commandments were about 650 B.C. 113 clarifications that soon followed the words of the prophets that followed up to 400 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. All of these depended on the precepts that we are to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Book of Micah written about 600 years before Christ, a minor prophet, talks about the injustices that the government did, the rulers did. Convoluting scripture, turning it upside down. It's a tough slide to look at, but can you bring that slide up, please? That's a billboard that occurred in 26 states in the United States. In fine print, where the arrow's pointing, notice that it says, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than this. Government using biblical words, convoluting them, 
That's amazing, isn't it? The same things that Micah was talking about. And Micah says, he has told you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Once again, that's showing love. To treat people well. What is that love? What does it look like? Especially concerning our neighbors. Love means a lot of different things to different people. We have an attitude in this country about this is what love means to me. We're going to get married for a few years and then we're going to be unhappy with each other and then we'll split and that's what love means to me and that's not what it's all about. We've all heard this before. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. You ever really thought about words like that in the Bible? If I, if I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Anybody here been upset with somebody this week? Last week I was, you know, this week was pretty good. Love is, does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest is love. So the question is, how much do we show love to the people around us? How much do we offer to be there for them when there's a need? How much do we offer to, when we hear somebody who's having trouble to go pray with them, to sit with them, to take them a bag of groceries? One of my favorite verses, John 3, 16, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave. And I stop right there for a while. What did he do? He gave. And then how much do we give? Of our time, our treasure, our talent, as, as the pastor likes to say. But how much do we actually give of ourselves to those in need, to our neighbors? I do that to everybody I know except my neighbor Mike. 
I love Mike. He's a good man. Don't get me wrong. So where does it begin in our lives? Showing that love for other people. Really stretching out and doing something for people to show them it's not just words out of our mouth, but it's something we do. It's an action. Especially since Jesus told us that the two greatest commandments, love God and love your neighbor, are what all the law and the prophets depend on from the beginning of the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament. It's all about loving one another and loving God. And I suggest every morning when we wake up, it begins anew. That we don't let a day go by that we don't show someone how much we love them. How's your wife doing? How's your dog doing? Do you need me to come over and help? Do you need food? Do you want your lawn mowed? Do you want your horses fed? Tasks that show our love. Every day when we wake up, we start showing that love anew. 